Welcome to The Ripe Podcast, a podcast providing innovative and inspirational dental education to dentists, specialists, and their teams worldwide. Each fortnight, we deliver relevant content covering procedures, educational opportunities, and interviews with rock stars from the dental world. As we explore the successes and failures of dentistry, learn practical tips and expert advice to help you become a better dental professional. Uh, so it's my great pleasure today to have Ricardo Kern with us. Uh, Ricardo, I met in Baden-Baden. Actually, I ran a very small course on how to be a better speaker, and Ricardo came to that. And uh, he's been making the rest of the world feel insecure about their perio pros ever since. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, thanks for having me here, Lincoln. Uh, and you can pick up a. Uh, a lot of good stories from Baden Baden course, uh, and uh, I'm really proud to have been part for for the, that team. It was a nice, nice, maybe a, a life change experience for me. Yeah, well, I, I think it was for me too. But you, you know, the the <clears throat> the thing that astonished me even before you came was just the ability you know as dentists we get used to precision with hard tissues because they don't move and uh <laughs> you know seeing that you use the same precision and and something that you're going to follow all the way through in your soft tissue work i think how did that start for you okay uh i have a long story with perio uh, since I was on the, the grad school, on dentist school, I put my focus on the perio. Uh, on perio. And that time, uh, all of my friends was uh, doing implants or, or moving to implants or another area of surgery. And just a few ones was doing perio. And so, and I never let the, the general practice behind. I've always performed some uh, prosthesis, some uh, restorative work. I always have my view on that. And I think uh, when I put all together in a few years ago uh, to learn or to try to, to, to condition tissue around the implants, I think everything makes sense at, at this point. Yeah. So uh, did you have a general practice or were you working for someone else or did you have your own practice the whole time that you were going through this journey? Okay, from the beginning, I didn't have a practice at all, so I rent half time, <laughs> part time hours, and I went to sit down there uh, and wait for the patients to come in. But it was there a lot of waiting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I used to read about of the papers, books, and something. Uh, as the the, the the patient starts to come in, and of course uh, we have a lot of. Uh, uh, how can I say, uh, insurance patients uh, in, in Brazil, they, I think every, every place they pay very little. Uh, but for me, it was really a, a nice start to, to learn how to work. It's different when we leave the dental school and you need to, to run your offs. And from that point, I moved to a full-time rented offs. And I still continue my, my study, doing the postgrad, after that the master degree. So that's the, the, the first beginning. Yeah. You did a degree in both pros and perio, didn't you? No, no, just in perio. Okay. But my master was my master was focused for general practice. Uh, my master degrees was shaped to to create or to mold uh, the professors for the last year of dental school. Uh, here in Brazil, we have in the last year uh, like full time a semester, full semesters with all the specialties put together. So yep. my master degrees was full focus on that. Oh, cool. And the when did you decide to start? teaching outside of the university okay uh i did the postgrad in perio and two years it took, took me two years here in brazil and after that i went to the master degree when i started the master degree i received an invitation to become assistant in the postgrad of perio 
So it was not my, my actual city, Curitiba, it was another city nearby. And I, I split my time between being an assistant professor and doing my master's degree. So I started the first years as a, a professor or teaching uh, this yeah. way. And I ran that for, for four years. Oh, cool. And then you branched out. Or did that happen after people started asking you to speak a lot? It just kind of, you got dragged into it. No, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. <laughs> uh, actually, when I did my master's degree and I finished in 2006. So it was a, a, a long time ago. And I still was teaching in the postgrad two years after that. So my first uh, daughter was born and just after that, my kid. And the program was on the weekends. So at some point, not in the same city I live now. So I need to, to, to keep the weekends outside home. And I put on the balance and I decided to quit and just stay in the office and home, being a father. And for that, for many years, I just uh, do the, the stuff I do in my office so far. And uh, when I start to post on the RIPE group and in Brazil also in another group, and it starts to, to, to the, the, the new things start to happen and I was able to return back to teach again, to share knowledge. And I, I was missing that. I didn't know as much, how much I missed it that until I started doing it again. Sure. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's like when people move to another country and they don't miss out. They don't realize how much they miss home until they go back for a visit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. You actually run, you actually run uh, is it a five-day course in your office? Yeah, five days. Because yeah. in general, when a teacher teaches in their office, it's always far better than when they're teaching somewhere else. For one thing, they're not jet-lagged. <laughs> Uh, no, 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 not because of that, not because of the jet lag, uh, because uh, in, in my office I have everything already organized, my, all my team uh, working on the clock to make things happen. Uh, we, we perform some live surgeries to give the example uh, the, exactly at the same time I just finished that theoretical subject. So I think the, the, the flow of the course is, is good because of that. I, I can pick up, select the exactly patients for the case, for what I intended to show for, for, for the attendees. So, so I, I like to, to work in, to run the course here also. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've always found that when I go to the teacher, the, the course is just, it's a different level to when the teacher comes to you. But I also see that uh, pizza making is part of your course. Is that, <laughs> is that the official curriculum or is that just? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's not supposed to be the official, but uh, nowadays everybody that came in, uh, they, they want to go to the pizza night and it's outstanding. Uh, I don't know, uh, you receive people in your own home and you know, how, how is that to, 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 to bring people in? And it's a great night. It's outstanding. And so yeah. people feel comfortable. You have a pizza oven in your house, don't you? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so what time in the morning do you have to start with wood fire to get it to the right temperature? No, no. Uh, the wood fire I need at least two hours before. Uh, so I have someone before I came home because we moved from the course straight away from my house. Okay, mm -hmm. so I need someone to light the fire for me. I always have someone to do that. And when I arrive here, we start to prepare uh, all the, the, the supplies and things we need. And it takes uh, around one hour and a half, two hours. So the fire is almost on the, the, the right temperature, mm -hmm. the woven for us to start. So it's... Uh, <laughs> uh, but do you go uh, to first yeah. principles and make the dough yourself? Yeah, sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. When I have the time I used to do it. Yeah. <laughs> read, read. So now what projects are new for you? What's exciting? What's coming up for you? Okay. Uh, first thing we, we need to, to get to use what everything that happens. Uh, this is stuff to travel, to give uh, lectures, courses around. We always learning 
and being in different places. So it's, it's always exciting to me to, 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 do, that, to do that. But uh, especially uh, now for four or five uh, months, we are, I'm working in an, a book. We are writing down a book and actually we are in the middle of the process to write down the book. We have uh, five chapters ready already. And it gives me a lot of work. I need to spare the time to do that. Otherwise, uh, we can accomplish the, the book. Mm-hmm. And I think this year, the, the main goal for me is exactly to, to finish the, this book. So what's, have you got the title worked out yet? No, no. We have a big discussion about that. It's not supposed to be just Crown Lengthening because we are all working in, in uh, all the possibilities to work on this mile. Yeah. Uh, leap reposition, uh, this mile line, not just the, 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 the pink line, but also uh, the white line of this mile. So we're still struggling to find a proper title for the a name for the this book maybe we should do a poll on right okay what should we okay <laughs> yeah. like, I, I, at some point i think the the title is going to to come on naturally i do not uh, spend some time thinking about that i think yeah. okay that's it maybe in a chat <laughs> recording so, a podcast <laughs> is it harder to come up with a title in portuguese or in english uh, I think in English is easier than Portuguese. Uh, English always the, the precision of the words is better than in Portuguese. Uh, when I try to translate something to Portuguese, usually I need to pick up more words to describe the same thing. So uh, probably the, 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 the title in English is going to be easier than the, in the Portuguese. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, Dentistry in Brazil is incredibly competitive and hugely cosmetically driven. So do you think that's actually been quite an important part of your background? Uh, for sure, 100%. Because uh, with this environment that we, we have to face here, we create in, in, in Brazil. As an example, in my city, we have a two, I live in a 2 million city. Uh, I have five or six dental school already. So just in my city, sometimes more than Australia, probably. (laughs) So six dental school. Uh, There is so many dentists and we need to to struggle to keep up uh, with a good level of dentistry. And in the other hand, we have uh, uh, all the patients uh, driving for aesthetic outcome and high demand. So when you balance and put everything together, uh, it's the perfect uh, cooking for you to 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 try to 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 do a, a good dentistry. Yeah. It sounds like a, I had a old German teacher who was teaching me some surgery one time, and he would always say that um, it takes great pressure to make a diamond. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it wasn't very enjoyable. I don't think it's enjoyable to become a diamond. I think it just takes a lot of pressure. <laughs> exactly. But uh, at the end, we still struggle. Working nowadays, we do good dentistry, but uh, it's not the, on the daily life so easy, maybe as compared to another place. But uh, that's it. Um, I love my work. I love my office. And uh, I do not change that for, for nothing. Because you, you, re- uh, you renovated your office pretty recently, didn't you? Yeah. It was a long project. Uh, it started in 2011 when I bought the facility. And the, the building was still being constructed. And we just received the new building in, I think, 2015. And took you one year and a half for me to, to move and to build up all the, the, the infrastructure for my office. Not because of the things take time in Brazil, but I need the money to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to do this stuff. <laughs> need to work on that. And it was exactly on the time that we have a, a crisis in Brazil after the election. So we did not, not have uh, the bank, the banks uh, financing the project. So we need sure. to, to make the money first and build up after that. So now it's uh, two years and a half that we have the new facility working. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, does it, do you find that actually helps your work a lot more having a better environment? Uh, okay. 
First thing, uh, I have audio operatives uh, with glasses uh, between one and another, so I can see everybody working in the, the new office. Okay? And I have very good people work with me, but uh, in the old office, I spend all day long without seeing what everybody was doing. Nowadays, uh, I just need to look and, okay, uh, the, the guy that is where I finished the prosthetic treatment for my patient that I conditioned the, the, the gum graft was finished the job. So uh, I, I keep track of what has happened. I can jump from one office to another one on the right time to see. I think everything, the communication is better now. And the environment uh, is difficult to describe how that brings a, a good impact in, in your work. But uh, of course, a uh, good environment uh, has completely influenced how we behave, how we feel in, in the environment. I think it's Absolutely. a consequence, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the environment that we work in is actually a major part. If you work in, like you see often young dentists graduate and the first job they get is usually terrible. And so part of the reason that they can't do good work is because they're working in a bad environment. It, it, it's almost impossible to do good work. Yeah. You know? uh, at the beginning of my career, uh, I, I was offered to work in different offices. Uh, as soon as I could drop that, I drop it. <laughs> I, could, I don't know. I couldn't work well in, in someone's office. I don't know why, but uh, I don't feel comfortable. It's like a, like drive someone's cars from the first 30 seconds. You need to, to learn uh, quickly everything. <laughs> but uh, I feel all the time that feeling in someone's office, okay? It seems, okay, it's not my place and uh, not get sure. used to that. So, and did yeah. you, because you were driven towards excellence, did you get pressure to be faster when you were first starting? Uh, yes, because all the case that I, uh, I, I prepare and I post, they are from my office. I need, of course, it's a business. I, I need to, to maintain everything. I need to produce. And uh, we keep track of the time to, to help the patients. And some cases, when I, when I really see that they are a special case, we have more time schedule for that patients but uh, usually are quite regular time uh, taking photos or video or not so I have my assistant and team training nowadays to to make all the documentation of the case in the, the proper time of a regular treatment mm -hmm. yeah that took took a long time for for happen maybe three four years for the assistant and uh, uh, all the teams work with that, but we we don't lose many much time recording uh, the cases. Yeah. So yeah. So it's, but uh, but of course, uh, quality to do something with quality, you need to to have extra time to do that. Yeah. Uh, what I mean is, uh, I do I try to do that regular basis, all the cases with the best I can. So the time is set for that. The difference, recording or not, for me, is not different anymore. Yeah. And, of course, do you record just about everything now? Uh, not everything. <laughs> not, not usually everything because uh, I have so many cases that are just in a, a paste in my computer that I cannot even uh, work on the pictures, do not ha have the time to do that. And they are just... Uh, file up and <laughs> I don't know how to do it then. Yeah. And now writing the book, I don't have the time to post as frequently as I had. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> There's no point. Okay, don't take pictures anymore. <laughs> I don't know how to store that. Yeah, yeah. We, we have this problem at the moment actually. The, the, we're filming so many things and we're filming so many different speakers around the world now. Uh, and this year we're really ramping that up. And so if you run two days of someone's presentation with three 4K cameras and two audio feeds, you start piling up terabytes really quickly. So every week the IT man comes down and adds a few more. I think he just yeah. added 26 terabytes to our hard drive yesterday. So it's, 
it's the the blessing and the curse of digital recording. You can record a lot, but then what do you do with it? Exactly, exactly. So picture is easy. Uh, movies are a nightmare to edit and do something. So uh, I, I don't really, really to to record is not my stuff. I think I, pictures and take pictures from me is better, far way better. Yeah, actually, but we need. Yeah, we've discovered that you need to have a full time team if you want to record. It's just. <laughs> Uh, well, we're, we're about to set up a full-time editing and production thing, probably offshore because Australia is quite expensive, but the, but yeah. you, you actually do need a full-time team to do it. it it's just, you know, it, especially editing. You know, uh, directing it, it, and it, filming is okay, but editing and production okay. just takes forever. But editing for a clinical case, uh, I think always we need to tell a story. When you post, post something, uh, on pictures or move, you need to tell a story. Sure. Uh, you need to 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 make understand uh, how you take that uh, options, how you conduct the case or the, the the technique itself. And so editing is something that I still do by myself because I know exactly what we intend to show in that part of the the procedure sure. and what to cut, what to left behind. So I still editing. Uh, uh, when I can. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So um, <clears throat> where are you traveling to next? Or have you tried to reduce travel while you write the book? Uh, okay, I try it at the beginning of the year, but <laughs> still it's a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I just uh, have a problem with my, my leg. Uh, I have my Achilles tendon, a rupture on that. Now five five, six weeks, weeks ago. So I, I, I postponed a course uh, in Bulgaria, but the next week I still need to, to, to go to Estonia. I go to two days there and return back to Brazil, but I still need to use the, some help here. To walk yeah. through. Only <laughs> <laughs> the crutches. Yeah, crutches, exactly. Yeah. It's a nightmare, man. <laughs> uh, Did you tell them that you, they have to fly, fly your business class because otherwise your leg yeah. won't fit? Yeah, <laughs> I try it. <laughs> <laughs> or you need um, to have like a person who holds a stool for you to put your leg on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but that's okay. I can't handle that. <laughs> Uh, do you, does Curitiba very difficult to get to from flights, flights wise? Like for you getting no, there, no. is it a problem or is it you're just used to? No, it? it's it's easy because I'm too close to the main two hubs uh, in Brazil. That is Rio de, Rio de Janeiro and São Paulo. And uh, so for São Paulo, it's half an hour flight, and Rio de Janeiro, uh, 45, 50 minutes. So, and I have many, many flights during the day. So for me to, to get to Curitiba, it's, it's easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I wish I could say the same from here. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> One travel is to get to between us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you find that the, like, as you travel around and talk to a lot of people, do you get new ideas that shape what you do at home or are you so busy giving information no. out? No, no, all the time because uh, on the course, as we have three days of course, uh, I, I get everybody easy to, to stop the lecture all the time, make the questions and so people feel comfortable even to to say what they, they used to do, okay? Even not being the same one I'm showing to them, I, I make it easy to, 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 to show their opinion. And really, uh, I learn a lot from that. Uh, I have a completely clear conscience that uh, uh, everything that we are working or doing nowadays came from something that my professor said to me on dental school, that is biased. Uh, the books I read, the first procedure I try in, and maybe I get bad results, I'm not going to try that anymore. So the way we work nowadays, the philosophy that we work, it's different from someone else. And 
both may be uh, are right ways to do, not wrong. So uh, I get many different point of views of uh, the work that helped me a lot to improve also. So does that mean that your procedures are changing constantly as you evolve? Always. Yeah. Exactly. Always. So All the time. volume two of the book next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I finish to write it down, let's start it again. <laughs> it's always old news. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's, That's it's like painting name. painting yeah. a bridge. <laughs> Never finish. Yeah. But uh at some point we need to finish and publish even to be criticized. And <laughs> but but I think nowadays everything is so fast. Uh we need to understand that. A book that was right down five years ago, maybe do not contain half of the things we learn uh yeah. nowadays. So that's yeah. it. I don't know even if a book is uh, 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 the right tool uh, to, to teach someone nowadays. Everything's so fast. We need a, a different platform. It is fast, but it's interesting actually that... So I recently did this course in Munich with Hoyser and Zua, and it's a terrific course. They're really good teachers. And, but what was interesting is that we spent probably a day on how to cut with a scalpel. And that, that precision hasn't changed. Some of those things they're teaching haven't really changed for a long time. Uh, and it's, it's made a huge difference to my surgical outcomes. And that's something that it just doesn't change. It's like, a, you know, so I think at some point you have all these basic tools that you need the time to sit there and read. So I think, you know, books, Books, books will be around for a while yet. Yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. maybe we'll come up with a new model, you know, that they pay a license fee and they get Ricardo's book. They get a new version every year for life. <laughs> yeah, of <laughs> like course. Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have Ricardo Soft. Yeah. No, but uh, when, when you are, uh, uh, we spoke about uh, autosurers and uh, these guys that really are changing the way we see uh, uh, Perio. Uh, they work a lot. They put a hundred percent of the focus. When are, are they doing? They are very, uh, for a long time, completely experienced, and they try to understand it. They have the ability to 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 simplify some simple step and how to teach someone to do that, yeah. and to explain the pro and cons and that. You need time to do that, to perceive how to teach. And I think uh, uh, when you write down a book, it's exactly what you are thinking, how to explain better for, for someone, sim simple procedures. Mm. And yeah, yeah. Also, also said, actually, that uh, I was asking about one of the books that they'd written. He says, you know, I think they were about your age when they wrote it. And he said, you know, there's a stage in your life when you can write a textbook and it's so all-consuming that, <laughs> you have to get it out when you're young enough because later on you don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> so quick, Just, finish it while you're young enough, Ricardo. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I see that yeah. uh, since you've been starting this project, your your beard now looks like what we'd call a bush ranger in Australia. It's like a uh, you know an old-fashioned stagecoach robber. <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought I will get some inspiration with this long beard, but yeah. <laughs> that didn't happen. So <laughs> maybe, I thought maybe, uh, yeah. maybe you had a vow that you wouldn't cut the beard until you finished the book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. Uh, so but, uh, uh, you've got books, you've got courses, uh, you've got a new practice. Is there anything left or are you maxed out and you just want to have a weekend at the beach doing nothing? Uh, yeah, I had that. <laughs> Some places I, I can hide also. <laughs> but usually when I, when I need uh, that, that kind of time uh, is the time when I, I brought my, my kids in. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, I really enjoy to, to play with them. So we usually make something together. That is the, the time that I... Uh, calm down and I take it sometimes mm -hmm. for me. It's not completely for me, but uh, I'm enjoying that. 
Yeah, uh, exactly this way. Um, Are you good at switching off completely? Do you stop thinking about teeth? No, not at all. Never. Never. <laughs> 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 That some days that I just lay down in my bed and uh, I'm thinking in a clinical case, and that is a moment that I really enjoy because there is no no phone, no internet, no noise, nothing. I just on the bed thinking on the procedure and I just fell asleep. Uh, other days I don't know what happened. Maybe idea came from this this uh, uh, this procedure, as I can say. Uh, but I like to 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 go to bed and thinking something bring this uh, problem uh, to the dreams, maybe it's leaping you find some solution. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's, uh, it's very, it's very difficult. This is the bombshell <laughs> of the day that Ricardo dreams up dentistry, literally. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's completely, uh, it's very difficult to, to switch off uh, from dentistry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Were you always like this or has it become more consuming in recent times as people want more from you? No, uh, before I start to lecture again, uh, it was just office and home. And when I have uh, arrived home, I don't need to think about uh, many things in my work. So uh, as the time passed, um, my compromise in dentistry uh, get high. Everything that was, was happening nowadays, I need to... to really spend uh, extra time doing that. And mm -hmm. now it's full-time, a full-time yeah. job. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, you've got two full-time jobs now. Yeah. <laughs> it's called juggling. <laughs> so now if you get one more business, you'll be a three-business juggler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Two. And two, and two three, three business, I think uh, you can... You can let them on the air. <laughs> More than that. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, do you find that there's a big difference? So when you travel, you see different countries. Do you see that there's like national flavors in each country f just from when you're teaching or the how people accept the different procedures that you teach? Uh, more or less, because uh, people that already came to the course, they more or less had seen my, my cases and uh, the way we work on RIPE. Yeah. So they they know exactly uh, what's going to happen on the course. So the acceptance is different. Uh, but uh, when I go to a lecture that I was invited for a university or congress or something like that, usually the people that get inside the room do not know exactly what they're going to to see. Mm -hmm. So in this case, I I feel that the uh, what people give me as a feedback after the presentations that uh, are unexpected or have more difference than uh, what suppose they, they do on the, the daily basis. Sure. And mm -hmm. uh, so do you actually notice like you'll go to one country or one area and the whole flavor of the dental audience or the, the acceptance of perioprose to such precision is different to another area or just dentists are dentists everywhere? Uh, I think it, we are most of the same everywhere. Uh, uh, the differences are so so uh, so little nowadays. What I, I see as a big difference, uh, there are some countries that they still they they work in the speciality, and my course is not just a speciality alone. I bring everything together. So these are, are the places that I struggle more to, 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 to make someone understand the prosthetic part, the digital planning, or the surgical outcome, and bring everything together. So well, not just that. Some, some people came, came together, uh, the surgeon and the restorative guy, and yeah. do the course together. <laughs> okay, now we can communicate. <laughs> yeah. It's actually, it's very difficult. The, the communication between, say, a surgeon, a restorative, and the lab is, is you know, you, you have to understand enough of each other area to tell them what you want, but obviously you'll never understand as much as they do because otherwise you'd be them. So that, that I find, I find uh, communication with the lab probably the most difficult uh, because you and. I have a little bit of sympathy now too because I've, I've been to the lab quite a lot and what I've realized is in the lab, everything looks amazing. And then you come home to your practice and you know, 
you put the lab work that looked amazing 10 minutes ago in the lab in the patient's mouth and it looks hideous. So okay. <laughs> that, that type of communication I find is difficult. Did, did you learn that on the way or were you just always persistent with it or is it something you're still learning how to do now? Oh, uh, Link, uh, when I start to work, uh, I don't have a camera. Uh, very few people use camera. Uh, there's no proposal for you to have a camera at office back in 2001, two. And so how we communicate, we get uh, a description of the work. Uh, we take a shade, usually just one, B2, B1, and that's it. <laughs> and that's <Yeah>. worked. <laughs> it's amazing. And after some time, okay, let's take a picture for, uh, and we, we can match the shade and so on. And for me, the, the game changing, uh, the, the, the thing that most bring quality of everything we, we do is the digital planning. To take the picture, work on the picture, plan on the picture, and communicate with uh, the whole team and the, the lab and the technician with uh, digital planning on the picture of the patients. We, that is a, a game changer in, in the way I see dentistry. And we're just on the they starting off that because uh, I have a professional camera to take the picture. I need to edit that. So it's still uh, much of this uh, uh, flow needs to be more automatized uh, to, to make it simple, easier for everybody to work and to use that. But uh, we are just on the edge to that to happen. Yeah, yeah. The... Uh, uh, I think my progression was about the same, actually, because I think you and I are very similar age. So the, I think my first digital camera was 2003. Uh, I had photos before that, but of course you had to go and process the film before that. And so it was so <laughs> and to send the photos to the, send the photos in Impossible. The <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or slides. Impossible you had photos. slides, which you could use in your lectures, remember? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Impossible. Uh, Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> And did because digital smile design really took off in Brazil before anywhere else, really. Is that right, or is it just the way it's? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, maybe one of the big softwares nowadays. Uh, you start uh, with uh, the idea that came from from a guy from Brazil, uh, was a Christian Coachman, but uh, Christian Coachman was around, I think, in Europe, uh, Belgium, I think, uh, some some places in the United States. And but uh, as uh, he came from here, he had the chance to spread and to teach uh, some people how to work uh, the basis of digital planning. He's still using very simple uh, tools as the keynote or the PowerPoint. Yeah. I still do my digital planning using the keynote, uh, yeah. drawing on the lines exactly on the picture, so very simple. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but I like it a lot. If, uh, I always tell uh, on the course, say, that uh, when you are uh, doing the digital planning, you are practicing uh, an ability that uh, is like uh, when you are learning uh, anatomy on the dental school to say, okay, this is a premolar, this is a molar. Uh, first time you see both, you can tell which is uh, one, okay? Yeah. After studying a little bit, okay, this is the molar, this is the premolar. Now you learn that it's a lower, a right one, you can tell that. And after a little bit of learning, you can reproduce that. You can yeah. make your a sculpture and reproducing composite and something like that. Sure. The digital plan is the same. When you sit down in a picture, you try to build up a new treatment for a patient. You figure out the best solution. You make the confrontation of your skills, the technique you learn, the technique can, that can solve that uh, problem or not. And so, Everything, when you are practicing, practicing, you are developing your eye to perceive better the, the harmony of the uh, good smile, uh, a beautiful smile. I think yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not so do you think just you'll be going, to, you think you'll be getting a digital scanner anytime soon? Uh, I think so. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is one of the problems here in Brazil. 
the, the money we make and the price we pay for the equipment, we have a, a, a yeah. large uh, gap between that. So uh, it's quite expensive as an investment for us to do so. But uh, pretty soon we are getting in a, a scanner. Yeah. And a, all the equipment a, that came after that. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, right now there'll be like, you, there'll be 10 companies listening to this podcast. And if any of them uh, makes sense, <laughs> you should be <laughs> down Ricardo's door to give him a scanner. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he's one of the most influential okay. people in restorative history <laughs> in the world now. So there's the tip. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but they, did you know, uh, yeah, but uh, I still uh, not uh, make a lot of pressure to move that because the reality I work is the reality I try to teach. You know, yeah. if I go to many different places that people cannot afford to have a, a scanner and I, everything I do in, is based on that, it's uh, really all away from that reality. So... Mm-hmm. I think it's something that, uh, uh, yeah, something you can reproduce everywhere. Yeah, and I think yeah. that <clears throat> I think uh, I was actually talking about this with Michael not long ago that um, you know costs costs of stuff like scanners is dropping so fast now that uh, mm-hmm. they will become ubiquitous. You know, like like phones. Uh, Maybe you maybe there'll be an app. There'll be a iPhone app. <laughs> you just put it in patient's mouth. At this point, I hope that the phones can uh, not larger. They can <laughs> <laughs> going to be smaller. <laughs> yes, yes, it's true. It's true. Uh, the and you know the the a lot of the hard part of what you do is actually the shaping of the tissues, and I. I you still have to do that with acrylic, don't you? Like it's it's still done. It still has to be done at this stage by hand in the patient's mouth. Uh, to condition the soft tissue? Yeah. Yes. No. 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 Just uh, just a few cases. We do straight in the patient's mouth. Uh, we work on the casts. Okay. Uh, we, we, we change everything on the cast before, depending on the, uh, how many teeth I need to prepare or to condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have different kind of casts, but uh, usually we prepare and we change everything outside. Okay. So it's easier for me to control and uh, the appointment of the patient is faster uh, and you, you, the result you're going to, to, to shape the soft tissue, uh, you can control sure. better. Uh, it's not a hundred percent control, but you can control better. <laughs> okay, you came closer. What do you yeah. think? That yeah. is the solution. Uh, when you didn't travel very much, did you look forward to flying a lot more than you do now? Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, you still like to fly? I like to fly. You know. Yeah. Do you know why? There's no internet. <laughs> yeah. There's no cell phone yet. Yeah, I know. I still, I still struggle to, to get the internet. So it's really, in, from Brazil to get to Europe is uh, 10, 12 hours. To get yeah. to Australia, it's uh, 20 hours, something like yeah. that. So it's a time that I can just relax and really have my mind free to, to think wherever I want, to write down things, to listen to music watch some news, uh, move, yeah. without have the conscience uh, that I could do something for a relatively dangerous, you know, I just yeah. relax, okay, it's not the time to work, so yeah. I enjoy you, the flight, really. Do you feel guilty when you're not working? Yes, most yeah. of the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is a psychological condition that affects almost yeah. every speaker, the, 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 yeah. the feeling of, I, if I'm Relaxing, I shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's very difficult to set up a, a system that you you can uh, control everything because uh, you receive, in, uh, receive invitations that you always wish to be part of some something. I, I receive an invitation in a country that you don't know. You want to see the country, going to go there. And you, uh, there is some people that attend the course that sometimes they ask for help or have the doubt. So I try as far as I can to, to help these people. And 
also learn uh, back uh, seeing the, their case. So I ha you, you end up having uh, things to do all the time. Yeah. So that's, yeah. And, and I, I not uh, have the, the right answer yet to set them all my things, but so far it's, it's I can manage so far. Yeah, my answer is Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you have to disappear into Netflix and not come out yes. for a few hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do. I do with my kids. Okay, let's. Uh, it's Netflix time. So <laughs> when you find something interesting, in a week we end up the season. So, so I think we've made big progress today. Like in dentistry so far, we've discussed how to adjust, uh, you know, your provisionals on the cast and also that most dentists should do more Netflix <coughs> for their own sanity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But really, when, when I'm doing something on the cast, I don't worry about patient anything. I put my music, drink my coffee on the office, and I just uh, uh, spend some time shaping that on the cast. So it's funny, not as stressful. It's a break for me. Yeah. And so that, that, that's, you can do that on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> no so, problem. So it's, that's your time for meditation. <laughs> <laughs> you take the impression, right, you pull the cast, and then you meditate on the cast with a, yeah. <laughs> a straight hand piece. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Ricardo, it's been an absolute pleasure catching up. Uh, I, it's been a joy to watch you, uh, your progress as a teacher and a clinician globally, and also you know watching, watching your star take off like a meteorite. So, uh, thank you very much for spending the time with me today, and uh, and thanks for everything you've shared around the world. It's it's a big effort, and uh, it's much appreciated by a lot of people. You are too kind, my friend. Uh, I need to always uh, intend to say something for you. Uh, there is a lot of people that has dreams, uh, planning something ahead, but they never wake up and really start to do something for that to happen. And you know, Link, you are the one that uh, stand up in the morning and you do whatever is needed for accomplish your dreams. And you are bringing together a lot of good people. I can say I just uh, I'm doing what I'm doing nowadays because I have some opportunity that you created. So thank you a lot for inviting, for having me here on this podcast. And wherever is listening, uh, I also I would like to say thank you to to be here and listen to to us. Thank you a lot. Well, thank you very much. That's very kind. You know, people sometimes say, Link, how do you get all the things done? And actually, it's just because I have this amazing team of people around me. And not just the people I employ in my office, but I have this group of dentists. You know, I can, I will try all my life to do work as precise as yours, and but I'm not you, and I'll probably never, you know, I'll, I'll never get to where you are. But it's still inspiring to have someone, you know, have this, this group of really talented clinicians who aren't just talented, but they're good people. Yeah, and this makes a big difference. You know, it's not just, it's not enough just to have talent and you'll be good at teaching, but to actually be a genuinely decent person makes a big difference. And, you know, certainly uh, you've helped me a lot over the years too. So thank you very much. Thanks for joining us this week on The Ripe Podcast. We've teamed up with mentors from around the world to offer you a growing library of high quality online educational lecture recordings and resources. Visit our Academy website, www.restoringexcellence.com.au forward slash Academy and become a premium member today. Become better at dentistry and be sure to tune in in two weeks time for our next episode of The Ripe Podcast.